and welcome to Dispel Magic, the podcast where we overthink how the magic of D&D might shape your campaign in surprising and unexpected ways. I'm Benjamin, game designer and writer. And my name's Dane, and I'm a podcaster, a dungeon master, and a voice actor. And and we're, we're to the end. We're down to the last... Draw. Draw. Oh. Final. Hmm. It's the final play of the game. We got one hand left. It's the one we're dealt. The chips are high. <laughs> Is that an expression? The chips are high. The chips. The chips are high. Are towering. The, the chips are high. The cards are low. And now it's time to play the hand we're dealt. We both have sunglasses on and hoodies and yeah. and like earbuds in or something because because we're playing a game with the with our lives. A game of many things. A deck. <laughs> Of many things. There it is. We brought it around. We're doing Deck of Many Things this week. Yeah. It's a big one. It's a big one. This magic item looms large in my imagination. I pretty much think about putting it into every campaign I run. I, I mostly avoid that impulse. Urge. Yeah. That urge. Um, but I do think about it. Just to see how it mixes things up? I always forget what it does and think it's going to be fun. Uh, and sometimes I read it before I put it in. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, oh, this right. isn't. Ooh, I wouldn't oh, want to do no, this. No, 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 um, no. Not with this group. I, yeah, but if I don't read it before I put it in I just put it in, I, I'm like, after like one or two draws, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is why this is why you don't actually put this well, magic item in It makes game. me wonder why they put it in in the first place. Because this deck does so many kooky, wacky Game-breaking things. It's hard it's, to say. It, it's, an, it's a legacy. It's, it's like, legacy. Yeah. Our first episode of the season, mm-hmm. Creator Story Water, we, we talked about that being a legacy spell. This is a legacy magic item. This this is not a magic item that if it were new, it, people would just bounce off of it. Yeah. No one would be like, oh, yeah, I want to put that in my game. They'd look at it and be like, that's terrible. That's going to ruin like, everything. My, yeah, my friends and I spent a long time on this campaign. I don't want to just like... Have it blow up. This is coming from the days where the DM wanted to mess with the players. Right. And the players tried to get one over on the DM every chance they got. And there's a couple of chances to be able to do that yeah. in yeah. this deck. But by and large, it's it's a... Uh, yeah, it's not a thing. I can't figure out what the context of the campaign would be where it would be a good idea to put right. this in. Let's run down what it does. The deck of many things is a wondrous item with a legendary rating. It does not require attunement. Its description says, usually found in a box or pouch, this deck contains a number of cards made of ivory or vellum, which when we were reading this before, ivory cards. Yeah. Interesting. Most, 75% of these decks have only 13 cards, but the rest have 22. Before you draw a card, you must declare how many cards you intend to draw and then draw them randomly you can use an altered deck of playing cards to simulate the deck. Any card drawn in excess of this number have no effect. Otherwise, as soon as you draw a card from the deck, its magic takes effect. You must draw each card no more than one hour after the previous draw. If you fail to draw the chosen number, the remaining number of cards fly from the deck on their own and take effect all at once. Terrifying. If you're afraid of flying cards, yeah. And all the effects all well, at once. The effects are probably, yeah. Once a card is drawn, it fades from existence, unless the card is the fool or the jester. The card reappears in the deck, making it possible to draw the same card twice. So expected uses, essentially, is to run your game off the rails. You just want to, it's like a, a crazy plot bomb that 
completely changes up everything. One of the weird things about this deck is that it, or this magic item, is that it creates a lot of chaos, but it very rarely creates interesting chaos. <laughs> like, it's mostly just like, oh, you're dead and gone now forever. Right. So. You lose all your experience points. Bye. Or, or there's like two different ones that are just not you're dead, but are so similar to you're dead that there's not really, it's like worse actually to draw those cards than to be dead because you're like imprisoned in some place that can't Do you have be a found. favorite card? I mean, I guess one of the good ones. The moon maybe. Mm-hmm. Which um, is just the... The wishes. The wish. Yeah. That's the only reason I would think a person who knew what this was would even try to draw a card mm-hmm. is because they desperately need to cast a wish for some reason. They have no other way of doing that. And so they're desperate enough to draw from the deck to with the one out of 22 chance of getting the moon. I mean, one of them is just a devil becomes your enemy. Just suddenly you have somebody after you. Right. You get 25 pieces of jewelry worth 2,000 gold pieces each. Yippee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty even. I think it's exactly evenly split between 11 good cards and 11 bad cards. But the bad cards are so intense that I just think if you understood what this was, you would not consider drawing from the deck. Yeah, Ruin just completely devastates you. A skull, you get a avatar of... A ghostly humanoid skeleton. The Avatar of Death is weird, though, because that's actually... It's a punk. It, like, only does 11 damage per round. So, like, (laughs) it's really weird. I think think in older editions, that might have been a much more dangerous thing to draw. Mm -hmm. But in this edition, if you're, like, fifth level, you're probably all right. If anyone tries to help you, the helper summons its own Avatar of Death. A creature slain by an Avatar of Death can't be restored to life. So... So the stakes are high. The stakes are high. But you should be able to beat this thing especially because its hit points are only half or half of yours so yeah i, I mean once you're high <laughs> enough level to be actually be drawing this i would think it would be trivially easy to oh damn talons every thing. magic item you wear or carry disintegrates it's just sucky there's a lot of them yeah there's a lot of bad ones i think i think the only two reasons you ever put this in your game are you're super bored uh don't or, know what or, to do or, next or you, or you yeah or you don't know what to do next or how to wrap up your game and you're just like well here do this or you've only ever heard of the deck of many things and you didn't look it up yet and you're like oh this is the thing people say is fun i'll put this in the game and then you put it in and you immediately regret it you're filled with regret it's like you pulled the regret card it's like you pulled the regret card of the deck of many things which i just invented tm tm dispel magic regret regret card that's uh that's us now that's our thing so don't take it unless you want to use it in your game and then you can tweet us at dispel magic pod and tell us how it went please Please. (laughs) thinking about all of the effects happening at once yeah if you are completely at your wits end and you just want to, I feel like this could be a, a, a crazy magic bomb where you're like. I suppose, yeah, no, no, I see where you're going. I suppose if you were like, if you said, I'm going to draw all 22 cards. And then you thought it would be stupid to draw these in sequential order. Mm-hmm. Because if I do that, I could potentially draw a bad one and not get my wishes. But if I let these all go off at once, I'm going to get my wishes. So you just say, I'm going to draw 22 cards. And then you wait the hour for them all to fly out of the deck and draw themselves and all instantaneously take effect together. And then you're definitely hosed. <laughs> you're done. But. You're in the void. You're Yeah, but you've got those three wishes. So And, and actually the fates lets you avoid something. So you could, 
Avoid one of the negative cards, maybe. You'd really have to be quick on the draw. You'd really have to... Well, they all happen simultaneously. Yeah. So it's not... You don't have to be quick on the yeah, draw. It's like... So. It's a very weird... Regimented in mind, in that as all of these chaotic, crazy things are happening, you have the presence of mind to pull off something. Pull off something. Huh? Pull something off. Like your pants. Drop trout. <laughs> Just drop trout. I mean, at that point, you might as well. Sure. I mean, you're about to like go get sucked into a marble and thrown off into the outer reaches of space or whatever this the void card does. I can't remember now, but I got it right bad. here. You want to hear it? Sans pants. Who cares? This black card spells disaster. Your soul is drawn from your body and contained in an object in a space of the DM's choice. One or more powerful beings guard the place. While your soul is trapped in this way, your body is incapacitated. A wish spell can't result, restore your soul, but the spell reveals the location of the object that holds it. You draw no more cards. So essentially, like, your friends could come save you. Right. But they have to figure out where you are. They have to be able to beat these powerful guardians. Nah, it's a pretty silly one. Yeah, it's yeah. a pretty silly one. So, th th so I, I think you're right that, like... If you want, if you're desperate enough to draw from the deck, which you, is probably because you want those wishes, mm -hmm. the thing to do is to say, I'm drawing 22 and I'm going to wait until they all fly out of the deck and happen simultaneously. It's like a Pyrrhic victory. Any which way I lose, but I also could yeah. win. <laughs> yeah. You can win and lose, but you're, I mean, you're actually for sure, for sure going to do. Both. Nobody's walking up and being like, oh, I could get a, I could get a rare magic item, huh? I hope I draw that key. <laughs> I hope I hope I don't die and instead draw that one card. Maybe maybe I'll get a gem and get $20,000 worth of gems. I mean, for a lot of people in a D&D setting that would be great. Oh, yeah. But for an adventurer yeah. by the time you're drawing a legendary magic item, it's probably a little underwhelming. So the 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 expected use of chaos. Chaos will be sown. Yeah. But what are what are some of the ways you were thinking that that this could this could go? Well, the first thing I thought of when I thought about this magic item was I wonder how you could game it. You know, like they're like famous poker players and they they're done making money playing poker, I guess, or or they have the time to write a book and then they're making money off the book too. There's probably somebody out there who's like observed enough people drawing from the deck or read enough historical accounts of people drawing mm -hmm. from the deck that they've put together their own kind of like dummies guide to drawing from the deck of many things. Many things for dummies. Yeah. And and there are a few ways you can mitigate the worst effects of of the of the magic item. So, I'm going to read them all to you. Sure. Prior to drawing any card, you need to sign a contract with a party member bequeathing all of your businesses, holdings, and worn property to that person. This all belongs to you now, Steve. Yeah. That protects you from the Ruin card, which takes away all of your worn, worn possessions, holdings, and businesses. And suddenly Steve... Yeah, so you have to hope... Doing pretty great. Steve's on the up and up and gives it back to you after you've drawn the Ruin card, but there's that. I already talked about uh, the Skull card. As long as you're not a noob... You should be able to beat that avatar of death. And so that's not a big deal. In terms of the talons card, which Dane, you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So it disintegrates all magic items you're wearing or carrying. 
So it, you just put them down. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't disintegrate magic items like one, like six inches away from you. So just put it down on the ground, like kick it a little bit far away. Hey, from y'all! You. I'm about to pull from this deck. N- nobody touch my pile. Yeah. This is my magic pile, please. Um, I need to draw from this deck real quick. So, the fates is is kind of a get out of jail free card, where that'll let you avoid uh, either avoid a card that you've drawn or erase the drawing of a card you've previously drawn. So that's cool. Do over. Yeah. The Uriel card. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. It's uh, Ur- Uriel. Yeah. yeah Uriel. Like that seems fine. It specifies that it can only be ended by the gods or the fates card. So there's a good use for the fates card if you draw it. But if you're friends with a cleric of 10th level or higher, which you should be, if you're going to try to draw hey, this. Let's, let's just say you really should um, be. They have they have the divine intervention feature, and so they could just spam that every day until a god finally pays attention to them and removes this effect from you. What what is the effect of the Uriel? Uh, it's a minus two to all saving throws, Woo! like forever. Yeah, until the gods intervene on your behalf. And then the last one that you can mitigate somewhat easily is the balance card, which to avoid the effects of that, you're going to want to become true neutral or unaligned. That feels like a lot of spiritual work. Yeah, there's yeah. So I mean, it's <laughs> I gotta all, go to this monastery yeah, for a couple months. Yeah. I'll be back. I mean, in that sense, it's almost like you have to train your entire life to become <laughs> yeah. somebody who can draw from the deck of many things somewhat safely. If you were driven enough, yeah. you know, I mean, like if all I care about is bringing my dead family back to life, I don't care if a card makes me evil, mm-hmm. right? Like I care if I get. So in that sense, also, like if you just don't care about moving from lawful good to chaotic evil as long as you get the thing that you're trying to do then that's fine hello friends dane here saying thank you for listening and sharing our show telling other people about dispel magic is the best way for us to grow along with you rating and reviewing our show on whatever podcast app you use we've also revamped our patreon Benjamin is writing monthly spells, there's a behind-the-screen show where we talk about our home games, along with other little extras we'll be sprinkling in here or there. So, if you like the show, please tell a friend, rate and review, and check out our Patreon. Thanks again for listening, and happy spelling. So, I was thinking that, uh, along with this book, there, there might be people who are experts in this who uh you can pay them whatever to help prep you like a deck of many things lawyer right or something or like who, a survivor of the deck right. of many things yeah they they uh i pulled three cards back <laughs> 20 years ago and i'll tell you and, and and yeah maybe maybe each person has their own expertise for the different cards so they they can you you got to quest around to yeah have them help you out but uh for a nominal fee, of course. Sure. Yeah. That'd be fun characters to encounter. Yeah, I mean, I think even just having a mentor who's training you to draw from the deck of many things is a funny idea. So, yeah. like, that's that would be a, a fun NPC to role play and to have around. But also More neutral! Just, more neutral! Yeah. <laughs> but even just thinking of the circumstances that would lead to that existence is pretty funny. Well, and and they'd be the one to try and convince you to sign over all your possessions to them, right? Sure. They're like, I'll, I will help you with this. Well, I mean, and that could actually be the whole angle yeah. of the thing. You sign it all over to me. I'm going to give it back. I'll give unless it back. Unless you draw the void card. And then, and then 
it, this becomes mine and that's my payment. And that's, that's like, that's, that's like how it works is it's just <laughs> like insurance yeah. where it's fine unless it's not. And then it's really not. Right. Like they'd be deck chasers. They're just chasing. They're just trying to track down the deck so that they can be around it when right. somebody picks it up. Right. That I mean, that would be funny because I can imagine somebody just hanging out with the deck, yeah, waiting for just... people to come there. Like they don't. They don't need to chase around. They're just like they just live on this mountain with the deck. Like sign over your businesses, all your holdings, personal possessions. Now this is this is protocol. This is how you do it. You, you want access to the deck? This is what you got to do. Yeah. Give me all your stuff. That's your that's your magic item pile right there. Just kick it away. So whether or not there are people in the world who are guiding you through drawing the deck of many things, attempting to mitigate stuff, it's still pretty bad. You still got a one in four chance of drawing something that's going to make your life awful. Miserable. Yeah. I would imagine there would be organizations that when they found the deck would attempt to sequester it mm. from the world. Like they like protectors. Right. Protectors of the deck. Right. So I'm thinking like a paladin order or a monk monastery that goes out and I, I assume it doesn't say anywhere, but because it's a legendary rarity, I'm assuming that probably every plane only has like one of these, hmm. like maybe at most. That makes sense. And so I imagine like a, a order of paladins or a monastery of monks whose just sole thing, their whole bit. Stay away. Is just, <laughs> Get yeah. Get out of here. Getting the deck of many things. <laughs> you want and the making what? Sure no, no way. Yeah. I never heard of that. Go on. We've got all of this deck iconography all over our temple. We don't know what you're talking about. Leave. We're called cards. We get it. But no, we don't know what it is. Please leave. It'd be pretty fun to see a paladin oath or a, or a monk way. Well, mm -hmm. I don't know what mm -hmm. the, what the monk path. subclasses are called. Uh, definitely not path. It'd be fun to see like a card themed one that mm -hmm. was based around the deck of many, the deck of many things. And like them being like people who prevent others from accessing the deck of many things. Might have to write that. Yeah. I, I think you should. And then put it in a book and then sell that book. A book for people to read. Yeah. So I think what I really like about that is that if the players need the deck of many things, there's an instant cool situation because you've got a group who are probably good like one should hope and, and like in as much as there's a moral certainty about anything this group is protecting the deck of many things that terrible things don't happen and now you want to take it from them mm -hmm. and so are you going to try to convince these people who spent their whole life training to make sure no one gets it that you should have it or are you going to fight these good people so that you can access this magic item and probably you know screw yourself over and maybe a lot of other people too well i thinking about a good organization what about the inverse a chaotic organization who wants to sow chaos and they de they devote themselves to getting people to pull from the deck like that's their thing is yeah they, yeah is, yeah they so, go to the people of power and they're like pull yeah pull from the deck so or I else think, we'll blackmail you into it i think once you get to an interplanar scale there's not going to be people people who are as interested in protecting decks of many things mm -hmm. because like what do they care what happens on some random plane but I can imagine that there are lots of gods and powerful demons, fey, archmages, whatever, that think it's funny to observe <laughs> yeah. the outcomes of these drawings. And so right. I picture a kind of interplanar carnival or casino right. uh, that collects as many decks of many things as it can. From all over the plane. Right. And then... It's an opportunity for all those powerful beings I mentioned, gods, archfey. The heavy hitters. Yeah. 
to place bets on what cards Immortal will draw. Insidious. And and what's what's cool about that is that it creates a reason for a deck of many things to even show up in your game. Right. Because there's an impetus finally, instead of just sowing chaos for you. <laughs> right. Because then the Carnival War Casino like plants it. Mm-hmm. They put it in a place specifically to be found by a mortal. Maybe they even charm person you and are like, hey, can you go? Or or they or better yet, no, they don't charm person you. Hmm. They hire you and are just like, hey, can you go clean out this cave of kobolds right. that's like harassing the trade route? Mm-hmm. You go do that. And then, oh, I can't believe there's a deck of many things oh, in here. That's so crazy. Yeah. But it was all a ruse. What if it's just a carnival prize? <laughs> You popped enough balloons. Here's a deck. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> you knocked over enough milk cans. Here's your deck. I. You get these playing cards. Oh, those are weird playing cards. I think you must. They're made out of ivory? I think you. Well, yeah. <laughs> dead elephants? There's dead elephant cards? Um, is that what I think you kind is? of have to know what the deck of many things is to draw from it. Yeah, that's Because you true. have to like say how many cards or like commit to the number of cards you're oh, going to well, draw. Well, then you get this scene of like the the wise old woman coming in and being like, be careful. That's a deck of many things. It will give you wonders. Maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of funny ways that could get dropped in, but mm. then what could be fun about implementing that in your game is that if you played it right and then the cards were lucky enough you could get to see it from both angles you could get to see it from the adventurer's perspective where they are like whoa i can't believe we found a deck of many things and then do whatever with it and then later an adventure reveals that there's this interplanar organization that's like planting it in the way of adventurers specifically so that they draw it and the gods can all bet yeah. on how unlucky this dude's going to get when he starts up. drawing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, though, who's making these cards, right? I mean, it, some magical wizard who's so powerful and bored that he's just making these left and right. Yeah. I mean. Archfey. It's it's tricky to pin down. Could because, hags make something like this? I, I mean, this would. I think you'd have to be like at least level twenty mm-hmm. to make one of these. Well, I actually there there are magic item rules that I don't know off the top of my head. Mm. So maybe you could do it some of the time. But like, I would say this is like hugely powerful creatures are uh, would be the only ones capable of making this. And it is difficult to figure out why uh, anybody would ever do that because it's like half the time something either bad or outright awful happens to the person. And the other half of the time, something good to like world change, like actually world changing happens. A couple of wishes. And who would benefit from that being possible? Especially since they don't get to choose who who even has access to this Mm -hmm. thing. It's just floating around. So yeah, I think Archfey is the only... Archfey, super into chaos, super into other people's discomfort. Right. Just knowing... Just knowing that this is continually sowing discontent after its inception for forever and ever, giving them that kind of subtle satisfaction. Yeah. (laughs) I'd put you out in the world, little deck. I think like a god of chaos or a god of gambling. Mm. I really like it as a god of gambling. Then this god really didn't make it with any negative intent. It's just, that's the god's purview. Yeah. It's like... You and, win and, some, and, you it, lose and some. it's super high stakes. Mm-hmm. So it is, it, I mean, it's kind of an appropriate magic item to honor a God 
of gambling because... So there you go. If you've got a deck of many things in your game, then you probably have a god of gambling or you have some particularly um, active archfey. But man, that that uh, carnival just tricking people into it. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. And maybe maybe it's run by a god of gambling mm-hmm. who like travels with the carnival or maybe it's a mobile casino or something. Ooh, it could be a floating airship casino. That's pretty bomb. That's cool. A casino on an airship yeah operated by the god of gambling that uses ivory playing cards as weapons <laughs> it, that's it's the perfect. pitch that's the pitch that's the pitch and that's what's gonna win the day that's a good one um if you have any ideas for what the deck of many things could create in your game besides just complete chaos you can tweet us at dispel magic pod on twitter Benjamin, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Sterling Vermin or on the internet at sterlingvermin.com. And Dane? Oh, yeah, me. You can find me there on those places, other places too, at Dane in Danger. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again after your next long rest. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Dispel Magic. If this has inspired any ideas for your game, or you have another take on today's topic, please let us know on Twitter, at DispelMagicPod. You can find Benjamin, at Sterling Vermin, and Dane, at Dane in Danger. Thank you to Slim Mittens for our cover art, produced by Benjamin Huffman, produced and edited by Dane Fox McGraw.